Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So in our text tonight, it is the third time that Jesus warned his disciples that he was on the way to the cross. The first time in Matthew 16, 21, we read, From that time Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised the third day. In Matthew 17 we read, Now while they were staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And the third day he will be raised up, and they were exceedingly sorrowful. Both Mark and Luke add their own touches to the story to, to show that on this occasion there was among the disciples a certain tenseness and a certain foreboding of tragedy to come. In Mark 10.32 we read, Now they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was going before them, and they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. Then he took the twelve aside again and began to tell them the things that would happen to him. The disciples did not understand what was happening. Luke also tells how Jesus gathered his disciples that he might try to compel them to understand what lay ahead. We read in Luke 18, But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them. And they did not know the things which were spoken. Jesus' sufferings are enumerated in detail. The men that would be guilty of the atrocious behavior against him are named. And Jesus had set his face steadfastly to travel to Jerusalem. The journey occupied some time, but never once did he falter. He had been in Bethany with his friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. We read about that in John 11, where he raised Lazarus from the dead. He had then retired for a time to the country near the wilderness, to a city called Ephraim, near Bethel, and remained there with his disciples. Again, we read this in John chapter 11. He now was ready to go to Jerusalem to the Passover festival with his disciples who were amazed and who were afraid. For this reason, Jesus made an effort to make them see the necessity of his coming passion according to the words of the prophets. He took the twelve alone by themselves in order to be altogether undisturbed, and then he made this third announcement, which is tonight's Gospel lesson. They were going up to Jerusalem, the holy city of the Jews, not only because it was situated on a hill high above the surrounding country, but also because in the eyes of the Israelites it was the most elevated, the most sublime city in the world. Jesus names the men that would carry out the evil design, the chief priests and the scribes. 
he states in what way it will be done. He will be sentenced to death. But the sentence of death will not be carried out by his accusers. It is the Gentiles, the Gentile soldiers, who would deride and scourge and crucify him. In spite of all of this, however, he would finally be triumphant. He will rise again on the third day. He is the omniscient Son of God, true God himself, who is willingly going forward into suffering and his death. Now there was a strange inclusiveness in the suffering to which Jesus looked forward. It was a suffering in which no pain of heart or mind or body was to be lacking. He was to be he was to be betrayed into the hands of the chief priests and scribes. There we see the suffering of the heart broken by the disloyalty of a friend. He was to be condemned to death. There we see the suffering of injustice, which is very hard to bear. He was to be mocked by the Romans. There we see the suffering of humiliation and of deliberate insult. He was to be scourged, few tortures in the world, compared with the Roman scourge. And there we see the suffering of physical pain. And finally he was crucified, and there we see the ultimate suffering of death. Jesus is going to bring upon himself every possible kind of physical and emotional and mental suffering that the world could inflict. Even at such a time, this was not the end of his words, for he finished with the confident assertion of the resurrection. Beyond the curtain of suffering lay the revelation of glory, beyond the cross was the crown, and beyond the defeat was triumph, and beyond death was life. We read in Mark 10.45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. His entire life was a ministry of that of a servant, culminating in the great sacrifice which is at the same time most mysterious and most glorious. He gave his life as a ransom for many. The whole world was sold into the power of Satan, death and hell. There was no salvation on earth. All men were doomed to be chained with the fetters of this slavery to all eternity. But Christ came and gave his own life in their stead, therefore redeeming all mankind from the power of the enemies. In view of such a sacrifice, it truly must be out of the question for any follower of Christ to do anything but strive about after that same humility, that same spirit of unselfish service. Certainly a very tall order for all of us, laity and clergy. When Jesus told his disciples that he was going to Jerusalem to suffer and to die, they could not make any sense out of it. That was because they didn't see themselves as beggars in need of help. 
But when they saw his mercy and realized how that mercy met their needs, they gave themselves in witness and service to their master. They started to celebrate, and their worship and witness never ceased. The lack of commitment to our faith or disregard for the opportunities for Christian fellowship can be overcome only when we concentrate upon the love of God and His mercy. Remember His suffering and sacrifice for us and diligently use the word and sacraments for our spiritual nourishment, growth and strength. Let us remember this. God has given us the gift of life and in Jesus Christ the greater gift of eternal life. So two weeks ago in my sermon on Ash Wednesday we talked about piety and pretense and I ask you to be mindful of the difference while observing Lent. Well, tonight, I would like for you to think about this. Unlike the disciples in our Gospel text, nothing of Jesus' life is hidden from us. And in view of the suffering and sacrifice of our Lord, it surely must be out of the question for any followers of Christ to do anything but strive after that same humility, that same spirit of unselfish service, giving themselves in witness and service to our Lord Jesus Christ. As I said earlier, it's a tall order, and we, and we may fail miserably. However, Lent is a perfect time to take a look at our faith life and see if we even come close to meeting this tall order. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.